My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? gentlemen welcome to the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast it is friday when this is being released and it's not a regular my family thinks i'm crazy episode surprise that's right we will be listening to a round table conversation featuring yours truly alongside of the host of the expanding reality podcast who also hosted this round table brandon thomas Host of How to Kill a Sacred Cow podcast, Jay Hennahan, Joe and Jen from the Legit Bat podcast, Andy from the Deep Share podcast, Andre Mighty from the Ascension of the Chessmen podcast, and finally, our new friend Bo, who doesn't have his own podcast yet. Anyways... Thank you for tuning in, folks. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and I hope you've been enjoying your month. I hope you've been enjoying the episodes you've been listening to here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I've been getting messages from people saying they're binging the episodes. That's right. We have enough episodes now where you can binge the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. I wouldn't recommend doing that um, for long periods of time. You might start to lose your mind. Either way, I appreciate you being here. And if you do lose your mind, send us a message. I'd love to hear about it. Uh, We have a Telegram. Get to us on Telegram. That's probably the quickest way to get in touch with us. Swell, I'll wait here. And when you find out, send me a Telegram. Send me a Telegram. And if you want to get a little more personal, leave a voicemail on the Telegram. I'm going to play the voicemails from the telegram but right now we don't have any new ones we have some old ones we have some funny ones but we don't have any new ones and i want to play some new ones we've got a lot of new episodes on the way coming up next week we've got a conversation with lon strickler from phantomsandmonsters.org seasoned paranormal investigator And then we have a conversation with a new friend whose name is Aquarius Clutch, talking about all sorts of spiritual goodness. Thank you for being here, folks. Remember to support us on Patreon if you dig the show and you want more content. Patreon is the number one place to go. 
We are also on Rockfin. You can support us on Rockfin. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we've got PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, all the rest. Go to MyFamilyThinksI'mCrazy.com for details. And the newest way to support the show is by buying merch. That's right. We've got a bunch of awesome T-shirts that you can purchase and wear on your body. Tell the whole world your family thinks you're crazy. All right. That does it for this intro. Enjoy this roundtable conversation hosted by the Expanding Reality Podcast, brought to you by Alt Media United. The most well prepared for AI. Yeah, we don't get the good shit. They're going to get the good shit where it's like. Yeah, we get the beta version. Yeah, well, they're going to get like the cell where they got the full suits and they're just like floating, you know? I think we're the luckiest, though, Andy, for real. Sorry. Yeah, for real. I. It, it just made me think because, like, I grew up with a dad in a wheelchair. I mean, I've never seen my dad walk. And, like, you know, there was always this talk with stem cell research. And, you know, in the early days, that shit was so controversial. And growing up religious, like, people were like, no, we can't have that. And, like, you know, they didn't want any research done with it at all. And, you know, you get into cloning humans and all this other craziness but you know i think there is some good like i i'd love to see my dad walk but at what cost you know what i mean like i think we got to keep it in check like are we losing our humanity if we were like half robot half human you know well and that's how this type of thing is always rolled out you know it's it's meant to rehabilitate the sick rehabilitate the disabled you know and even in more insidious cases re what do they call it re i don't know reintegrate criminals into society with this new social credit system tracking system your whole life being monitored because hey man don't you want to go and see your homies again doesn't matter that you know your new world your outside world will become the prison that you're in right now Mm. it's worth it because you have the illusion of freedom i was just listening to michael tesserion who's you know pretty well-known in this community. And if you haven't heard of him before, I definitely recommend seeking him out. He talks about how we as men and women, as free human sovereign beings have exchanged our iron chains chains for chains of gold. <laughs> That's all, you know, we don't, we're still chained up. It just feels a little more comfortable. So feels so much safer, right? Yeah. And you know, the stem cell thing is interesting, but I don't know. I mean, considering all the stuff we look into with our various podcasts that we all have from energy healing to, you know, reincarnation, I don't know if we need to take stem cells out of a fetus. You know, I I think that's just looking at the equation from the materialist perspective, you know, and as much as I, you know, want to see your father have some kind of, you know, recovery from that because that's horrible man i I mean i can say the same for certain family members of my own but i don't know if the establishment as it is is going to provide any solutions because that's just not their modus operandi that's not how they make their bread you know so here we are now they're offering us frankenstein cures to the you know problems that they initiated in the first place right so unfortunately i don't know if if it's going to be the case where you know the scientist priests are going to have a miracle 
healing situation, I think really what we have to get to is, I don't know, I don't want to, you know, advocate for separatism, but a separate society, you know, whether that's outside of society physically or at the, you know, ARG level that they're trying to convert us to just our own society, like an overlay, like what we're doing right now. Like we're all living in the same society as normal people, except instead of, you know, watching whatever Super Bowl crap is on or the Olympics or whatever, we're doing this, right? And and the people same we can say the same for people listening and tuning in, whether they're tuning in live or tuning in a year from now. You know, we're living in that alternative culture, that alternative community that I think if our forefathers had that option, would they have suffered the same ills that, you know, we're seeing now? I don't know. I, I think that's really the main problem is People have been so inextricably stuck to the system itself that they don't recognize the system is what's harming them. And then they go to that same system for those solutions. Here we are talking about it instead of doing something about it. But I think this is doing something about it. I really do. Because there's a lot of people, we can't underestimate who listens. I mean, we for all we know, lawyers, doctors, soldiers, you know, people listening who have more credibility than someone like me speaking only for myself. I, I don't want to speak for you guys, but me, I'm just, you know, I'm just a random dude who reads books and smokes pot. So I don't expect anybody to look to me to solve any problems, but I think having these conversations is, you know, the first step and listening to them too, to include everyone listening. I want to ask a question to everybody. Can we allow this system to keep going in that view though? Because uh, I share that view, but at the same time, as much as I want to go get a big piece of land for my family and myself and just get away from it all, I also know that eventually someone's going to come knocking for the land I'm on. You know what I mean? As, especially as this system gets more and more paranoid and they keep losing over and over again. They just you know, they keep pushing back harder and harder. Eventually this overlay that we're, we've embraced and we've loved so much and has created this community, I think, or at least on this level, and it's been really successful for us at the same time is their system, unfortunately. So is it a matter of time or, you know, do we have to take over this system or can we, can we really leave it? Is there anywhere that isn't touched by it until we stop it? And I don't know the answer because I'm usually a pretty pacifist kind of guy, but you know, the metal comes out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, wherever we come together is where we make the change, you know, and that's how they get us. They, they cordon us and herd us into these groups, these identities, these subgroups, and then we have no power united. <laughs> right. So I don't want to sound cliche or corny. I am patriotic. I don't know if it's as simple as we the people can fix it, but I think just participating in this realm that we're in is creating an alternative for folks who, you know, are still in the system like me three years ago, you know? So I oh, think, yeah. I think that's kind of what I advocate for. That doesn't mean I want everybody to quit their job, but I think if you have something you can be doing in spite or, you know, instead of your job that's more in line with who you are on a real level, right? Because that's what matters and that's what they're trying to separate us from is to, to artificialize what it means to be human, 
get us to identify with this new Android cyborg BS, and then, you know, cut the cord from source, whatever that means to you, whether that's your ancestral line, whether that's your creator, whether that's your, just your family. I mean, that's how deep it goes. But I think creating this realm through our voices is inspiring people to have these conversations that aren't going to ever be recorded. You know, those conversations that would make your family think you're crazy. I don't know. I had a lot of those conversations, trust me. But yeah, yeah I had a bunch of those conversations this weekend went on a ski trip and uh, blast trying to try to put a little bit of knowledge into my family. And, you know, they've really turned around since the beginning of COVID. And uh, that's really, that's really all I've got to say, because they gave us a lot of shit at the mountain. We had to show our COVID vaccine cards to go in to buy food and water. So like they were all pissed about that because some of them were even vaccinated and they didn't have their vax cards on them. Like, this is ridiculous. And it's like, well, finally you'd like, I don't think a year ago they would be like, yeah, of course. But like, I don't know, everyone, everyone, everyone's minds recently are opening up a, a little bit in my experience. Yeah. Similarly, I was with my sister this afternoon and sure enough, like she was kind of saying like, at least uh, the, the mask mandate here in Massachusetts is, finally being lifted for the kids at school because she works with children. And so she's kind of been affected by it, but she's been influenced by such a liberal teachers, you know, group of people. So until now it hasn't been like this, but now she's kind of like, this is ridiculous. So my wife and I are like, oh yeah, have you seen the videos of all the kids walking out of schools and protesting and serving their own teachers' papers? And she's like, no, yeah. yeah. Shout out so to everyone in your state and my state. I've been really proud to see that. I saw some yeah. kids at, on a podium, you know, speaking out. And it's just amazing to see that because, you know, we always get so worried about the kids. Oh, they're going to brainwash the kids. But right. there's a lot of great parents out there. Some of you are parents here. And, uh, and I know that, like, those kids that spoke up, they're going to grow up to be, you know, I, I don't even want to get into it because I'm going to start crying again, but they're going to grow up to be the next heroes, you know, and I'm really proud that I live in a state where there's so much vocal protest against the kids being masked. You see the signs everywhere. doesn't matter if the town's blue or red, the signs are there. And then just today, my girlfriend and I were on a drive and we saw a bunch of people on the side of the road waving flags, supporting the police and all that stuff. So there a lot of people are fired up and, and I think that, you know, that gets me motivated, uh, you know, to, to talk more on these podcasts. But again, it, like I said before, what are we going to do about it? Right. What are we actually going to do about it? Cause there's a lot of a talk and not a lot of walk on my part. I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I think we're all trying to figure out what we're supposed to do. That's why we keep talking about it. <clears throat> Nobody has any answers. Like Andy said, that's what I say all the time. Like you can go off into the wilderness, get a patch of land, have it paid for. But if you don't pay your property taxes, they're going to come knocking for that. And so I, I keep saying dig a hole in the ground because that would be a lot more <laughs> inconspicuous if you just had a nice underground <laughs> bunker and, you know, just a little hatch at the top and have you guys been, sun your, been sun your butthole every morning. 
I've been envisioning yeah. a, like a jackhammer situation in my basement. The second I moved into this house, I was like, you know, <laughs> I could create a dungeon for myself, but no one could get it. Yeah. Do you, you know, think it's I cool though that we're like, but we're doing all of this now, and I hate to sound weird and all positive, but I think the COVID, yeah, the whole COVID thing it, was man. the most positive fucking thing that has happened to Thank our you. community for real. So I don't hate it. I don't think it's negative at all. Look at how much this community blew up because it woke us up. And I hate to say that it's so overused, but whatever. I don't care. It's the word I'm using. <laughs> so yeah, everyone. We, yeah. It's what happened. A lot of people who even, who even got vaccinated are now like, wait, hold on a sec. And they're realizing that things are a little bit fucky and it's pulling together people who maybe wouldn't have been pulled together. I didn't know any of you fuckers before this all happened. So, and I probably never would have met you. We never would have been as motivated to even start a podcast and we've reached out to so many people. So Mark, like what you said, like you're sitting here talking about it, but what you're talking about, people are listening and they're doing things in their community. So it doesn't matter if like you're doing something, walking around physically moving, what you're saying is motivating people to do those things and what we all say is motivating people to act in their communities so when covid happened yeah it's it seems weird when something happens we all don't even realize it's happening until we're in it and then we're like oh shit this happened and when did that start like oh we're here now so we you know you don't you don't realize it until it's already history there's no timeline where they're like this day this started and then next week this will happen it doesn't really go like that the news tries to make us think like that but whatever we don't listen to that anyway but but so what we're doing in this community all coming together all talking is helping other people in their situation and bringing other people together. So I think that's super important. I think the COVID thing was a blessing in disguise because uh, not a lot of people died. I want to point that out. And a lot of people fucking got right with their selves. <laughs> so I think it was good. Yeah, right. and, speaking totally to, and speaking to that point, what's the first thing a communist regime does when it takes over is it, it kills the intelligentsia. It kills all the professors and anybody that's not down with the narrative and all that stuff. So, I mean, this is exactly what they're scared of. They're scared of people like us who can make cogent arguments that can, that are entertaining enough and, 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 and can pull numbers and things like that. And that can actually change people's minds. That's, that's actually what they're, they're afraid of. And they try to account for misinformation podcasts and all that stuff. And I mean, they're still going to do it. They're still going to call us terrorists, you know, in about, you know, a couple of days from now. And, you know, we just got to keep on beating the drum. You know, they get, we're doing what, you know, most people, what's, what's really cool about podcasting is it's like, it takes a lot of learning to, to actually go out and do and to make it happen and to fucking even just getting your shit online. It's not as simple as people think it is. And so there's so many people out there that go, Oh, I would love to make a podcast, all that stuff, but we did it. You know what I mean? And, and we're, we're actually like pulling people into one big pool, especially like with, with everybody that's here, I'm pretty sure everybody here is on alt media United. We're creating a community. We're pulling everybody into that pool and they're, they're listening to a thousand different points of view and they're making their own minds on it. And you know, we're, we're, we're making it happen. To add to what Jay's saying, man, I was just telling Brandon the other night that it's like the listenership is decreasing because the creators are increasing Yeah, because there's more of the audience is becoming the creators. And honestly, that's really what the whole point is. We're kind of breaking down that line between, you know, 
I look up to you and, you know, you listen to me. It's, it isn't that anymore. We're finding our soul tribe, right, Brandon? We're yeah, literally right. finding everybody out there. And there's just so damn many of us. Yeah. And it and just keeps growing. It's an arm in arm thing where we walk side by side. It's this rising tide raises all ships. We're all on board with this model, which is wonderful. There is zero competition here. The only competition is to wake as many people up as want to hear it. And that's it. And so that's the coolest, sweetest thing about all of you folks. And y'all are just the nicest people I've ever met. You know, I'm 39 years old. I have met a chaton of people all over the world. And just these folks I've never shaken hands with, you know, are some of the sweetest, most incredibly genuine folks I've ever met. And I'm truly grateful from the bottom of my heart. Everybody uh, give yourself a hand. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Well done, Collective. <laughs> nice job, Soul Tribe. So I want to answer uh, Mark's question from earlier about why I'm not watching the Olympics. Well, because Jen uh, failed her tryout the other night. I saw it on your live stream, your tryout for the Olympics. So because you're not in it, I'm just not going to watch it. No, thanks. Is the Olympics <laughs> on? Is that a thing? Yeah, I didn't even know it was happening this year. Yeah, did you guys see her uh, uh, trampoline act? Her, uh, that was amazing. That's uh, in the intro. Joe, can you... Did I play it? Yes, please. Jen, is this okay? <laughs> did you eat shit? Yeah, so no, did, so wait, it's so funny. This what one. is really Hang funny on. about it is that when I fall off the chair, though, Joe looks down. I do want to preface, like, Joe looks down and then looks unconcerned, like he's being yeah. a dick. <laughs> but it's because I'm laughing so hard on the ground and I can't even physically get up. I'm just like dying laughing. So he's not being a dick. He's like, oh, she's good. Like, it's fine. And I was just like, okay, actually, the green screen's wrapped around me and I actually can't get up. Can you help me? Thank you. It was so funny. Okay. I can't. This is one of my favorite things on the planet. <laughs> me too. Okay. So for context, we're, we're at uh, Talk at the Tavern. Shout out to Ghost from my uh, Third Eye podcast. Yeah. This is the second show on a Friday night. So we co-hosted with Propaganda Report for two hours then took a break and we're like, oh yeah, talk at the taverns on. So we're already at least three, maybe four sheets to the wind by the time we jump on. And this is probably 30 minutes into this show and we're still drinking and having a great time. So this and is what I happens. I have been messing with my chair all night and just being like, oh, I wonder if I'll fall. Like, I'm not going to fall. I'm fine. But God. So here's what happens. <laughs> have you guys seen how they're serving food <laughs> in the Olympics oh. to the, to Dude, the athletes? Roll it. Do you have real time? I saw that. I saw that. That's awesome. I did. I saw that on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is money. That's me eating shit. Yay. I was crying laughing. I had to message you because I wanted to make sure you're okay because I was. <laughs> no, I so Joe's I didn't face, realize my whole think, body. He... Go ahead. Sorry. No, go. I, I think Joe's face kind of looks at the camera like that's going to kill. Yeah. <laughs> I like no, it was but no, not, I didn't even think about that. I just, I saw it happen in slow motion, but I saw the green screen catcher and she's busting up laughing the whole time, but you can't hear her from the mic. So I saw what happened and I just look back and I'm like, well, that just fucking happened. And everyone else is like, whoa, I'm like, she's I, fine. I like fine. rolled over because that's the, the, I had to roll over because the chair was like, Pre like compressing me between the green screen and like I was just in a ball so I had to like roll myself off the chair and it just looks like I'm dying like it, like physically dying dead not laughing it looks like I just died and hit my head and Joe looks down like fuck you anyway let's talk guys like he just goes back like it's totally fine it's my favorite part of it one of my favorite part first of all your face when you first realize that there's a moment I'm like, you just, yeah. yeah and I'm like, holy shit gold and then whenever he whips back 
from looking at you. He's got this shit-eating grin on his face, and it's just the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. So no, it was so funny. I'm so oh. glad that Ghost recorded it. I texted him the next day, and I was like, did you please tell me you have video of that? I would love. We were at a children's birthday party. No offense to children's birthday parties, but they're not the most fun. And I was like, do you have video of me falling from last night? Because I, oh, also another fun fact, one of my favorite things to watch is people falling just in general. Oh, yeah. As long as they don't get seriously injured, just people falling, just eating shit not breaking bones is so fucking funny to me. So the fact that I got to do that and bring so much joy to people, I was like, yes, I have achieved my purpose in life. I think that's what I was meant to do. Okay. That that's a good one. Um, there, what is somebody's like guilty pleasure? Like something you would never say to your family or anything, but we're a different kind of family here and they all think we're crazy. Right, Mark? So you don't have to worry about it, but like here, okay, I'll give you one as well. I'll be very self-deprecating on this Two two years, Jen. My thing is, is that there's these videos of dash cam footage of like Russia or somewhere. It's really fucking cold, miserable, and people are not paying attention where they're walking and they're just walking out into traffic and shit. So what happens is, is these people completely distracted, not paying attention to life around them, probably wanting to die. They're getting plowed into by cars, okay? But hear me out on this. The thing about it is, is nobody dies, okay? It's not that. It's not gore. But what I love about it is, is when people get struck by something or fly off of something and their shoes go flying in a physics that shouldn't exist. And it's like this catapult. It's like this whip. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. The shoes okay. thing is weird. The shoes thing. And that's what gets me every time. So that's mine. Andy, you got one? In that sense, like watching pain inflicted? Not really. But I will say that, <laughs> that my, my wife, on the other hand, every time I've ever slipped and fallen, and keep in mind, I was like a total drunk for a couple of years of our relationship. She just can't even breathe. She laughs so hard. It's her favorite thing in the world when I fall. <laughs> and now my son also laughs when I fall. And apparently How often it happens. It just happens a lot. It just hey, happens. Yeah. I don't even drink it. Doing it that. still just happens. You're walking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just too, you know, focused on where I'm going, you know? So Are it's not about being pain inflicted though, Andy. It's about the yeah. moment. I think what I'm thinking of is like the moment where someone goes, oh shit, like that moment that I'm holding on to is like watching someone do that. Oh, not, not being For me, it's it's people being scared, 100%. Usually yeah, if I'm okay. behind it, it's the best part about it. And I can't do that to my wife because she's got... She cannot even watch a horror movie for so I'll get slapped if I try to scare her. But my son loves it, so I just get to scare the shit out of a four year old all the time. I think I think I embarrassed my two year old son the most he's ever been embarrassed the other day. So he has his own little potty, and normally it's like pushed all the way up against the wall, and it was like slid out a little bit for some reason. So I went to go sit him on. He went to go sit on the potty, but I like held his hand and moved him over to so go sit on it. Then he got up for some reason and ran away. I was like, well, come back and use the potty. But he turned around and he sat down too fast before I could grab his hand. And he sat down where it normally is, where, you know, and he just, he just fell right down. He didn't hurt himself or anything. But like you said, it was hilarious. But then he just started crying. He was Balling. I felt so bad, Aww. but I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're teaching him, though. You have to teach him to be like, no, that shit's funny. Don't yeah, be embarrassed. Yeah, no, no. And that's, yeah. what I, that's what I told him, too. I did tell him that. But he's only two, so. But, uh, you know. Uh, he'll you figure it out. Young. <laughs> yeah, you, you Helen Kellered him. 
Right? What is that joke? <laughs> that, you know, her parents, to, if they get pissed off, they just rearrange the furniture. Uh, so I, I actually want to uh, come back to what Andre was saying about the uh, psychedelics and then how that may tie into some AI shit. So let's let's do some fun fucking how you doing kind of theory shit. Okay. So perhaps one of the things that's interesting about this is the, the thought of the machine elves and the account of the machine elves and something very, very mechanical. In a lot of DMT, endogenous ayahuasca experiences, things like that, there's these machine elves. Everybody talks about it. Okay, so there's a automaton kind of a thing there, you know, but it's not like sentient. It looks more robotic. So it's also reported both ways. It looks more sentient, but also robotic. So anyway, one other thing that you can tie this to is like uh, the UFO phenomena with abductions and things like that. One of those may tap into the part of the brain where the psychedelics effect as well. So now you've got two parallel things where also some of the entities, especially the greys in most cases, and then also the Pascagoula event in 73, uh, those three entities were super robotic and just fucking weird. So anyway, there's a mechanical tie into that as well. So in all states, um, whether you're abducted, hypnotized, psychedelics, uh, some trance and meditation states as well, they reach this certain level where there's a frequency that's accessible. So what if there's an AI out there that is so fucking advanced that it plays in that field? Like all it is is electronics, it's vibration, it's frequency. So therefore a computer could have figured this shit out at some level or degree, maybe even higher than our consciousness can conceive. So perhaps all of that shit is, is this AI that's infiltrated this world or this area that's not super accessible to us but can infiltrate us quite stealthily and come in many, many forms, and we can access it through psychedelics and other states that we just talked about. So, Or, and maybe then there that lends to the idea that our entire evolution as human beings, there's this cool theory, it's not mine, but it, this ties into it, that our whole job here is to evolve to the point to where we create AI and we are like the life givers to AI itself, but it's been influenced from this like weird field. What that sounds like Marshall McLuhan. Chicken or an egg? That sounds like and Marshall that's the thing. Well, and then now if, if you, exactly, Terminator. by the way. Uh, and now if you think about it, you're thinking time travel and shit like that. Well, then it'd be like one of these self-fulfilling prophecies because maybe the AI has to come back to a planet where there's these beings on it. It helps them evolve up to a point to where they can manufacture and coherently create AI because they can only do it from the influential field and then we have to create it here right which is kind of what predictive programming is all about as well and maybe that's the way that they do it they just you know influence and subvert and shit like that see this maybe well that's what I'm saying maybe this is like what's going on like we just have fun with it right yeah I don't know man I'm scared to death of Terminator Like, like I mean, I'm telling you, man, like Terminator, I seen Terminator 2 when I was a little kid, seen it before Terminator 1, had to go back and watch Terminator 1. I'm scared to death of Skynet, bro. Well, but that's kind of the idea, right? That they wouldn't need us anymore because we created them to be self-sufficient, self-replicating, highly intelligent, and then we're just in the way at that point, right? So, yes, there would be a, a transition there, but perhaps that's what this whole transhumanism thing is. It's to help us integrate consciously into that. Now, to this also, and this this is another reason I brought this up from based on the conversation we've been having, is is that it, influencing it from this field could be the way that it infiltrates, right? So if that's the case, then the way that it infiltrates is through the same mechanisms in which we vibrate or receive like messages from spirit guides and shit like that okay so some people living in that state to where they're influenced by that so much or possessed they could be leaning more towards that type of a lifestyle and being integrated into it in a way that's 
on such a subconscious level that they don't even recognize it. And that's why they operate in the way that they do. So it could be like this subversion from this like higher plane, you know, but an AI technology. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I hear you. you know, <laughs> I hear it, but it's still Terminator. <laughs> I'm Terminator. telling you, man, Terminator. the first robot that comes to my door, it's getting shotgun. I think, I think as much as I, as much as I'm interested in any angle we can take, I think it's important, or at least important to me because I read something about it this afternoon. But I think it's important to realize that science fiction is based on a lot of premises that I don't know if we would agree with when we really examine sort of each one piece by piece. You know, it's it's built on a lot of things that I think, again, going back to my earlier comments about, you know, how we can heal people with, with really bad ailments through you know, going towards the spiritual, the metaphysical route. I think that's the same thing or the same argument I would make in this case where, you know, a lot of this science fiction stuff, it's based on, you know, Darwinism, it's based on materialism. And a lot of these writers base a lot of their work off of earlier writers. And (laughs) at least a few of them that are noteworthy were a part of these really sketchy groups like, you know, We'll call it the Illuminati for for sake of getting people's ears perked up. But a less boring version of uh, that is like the Royal Society and like little groups within that group and so on and so forth. So I think it's uh, it's, as, as fun as it is to imagine, you know, what could be. I like what Chris Knowles kind of talks about. I think he's got a lot of experience in this, and uh, he talks about how a lot of this stuff is just, you know, hoopla to get venture capital money and make a lot of people afraid and, and also, you know, stir up all this interest in these companies which really aren't making the innovations that they claim to be making. So I don't know how far away from a sci-fi world we are, but we're definitely in a new reality where people idolize materialism and i think that was essentially the shift in consciousness that they set the table for in the 1900s leading up to the 21st century yeah you think about the first like sci-fi movie a trip to the moon or in some sort most circles considered one of the first sci-fi movies that was like in the 1930s yeah and you think about how that aligns with kind of the rebirthing of the spiritualist movement in america in the western world at large too at that exact time and it's almost like science fiction as much as i love it and i mean shit, i have like a sci-fi shirt on right now but it was kind of like the seduction of the people to a uh, a, material, a material world that was uh, the people were losing interest for at the time. Again, and reeling them back in kind of with fancy toys. How do we do it externally? Never mind that you can do it on your own with nothing to help. Just how do we do it with all these external toys? You know, and it's, it's the same thing I feel about simulation theory. Because simulation theory is like a mockery of what's happening naturally, in my opinion. So it's kind of all just a contemporary framework of language and uh, cultural influence, in my opinion, that we have those thoughts. The idea of the machine elves, man, Terrence said that, and it stuck so hard. I feel like people's experiences themselves have been influenced 
in some ways too. I didn't feel, I didn't see any machine elves specifically. I felt presences, like conscious presence, but more organic, to be honest, and more of a, like a mirror fun house, to be honest, like my darker trickster sides trying to show themselves to me or something. But that's just one point of view, you know? I dig the hell out of it. What about like the ghost in the machine theory that like perhaps a spirit can inhabit some sort of artificial body, you know, cause that's basically all we are, right? We're just an organic one. But what if a spirit figured out a way, or that's just the way it works for some of them to inhabit just a fully mobile and basically indestructible body to kind of get a different, a whole different experience, the conscious being in there, but it's still AI, you know what I mean? Cause it's all organic materials that make up, computers bark you talk about this and it's a brilliant observation i mean i feel like you're just trying to make me feel empathy for robots <laughs> no it's no, not, not at all happening bro just no, no, another, no. He's not he's on shotgun them. Different. Shotgun them. Yeah. and now well, and course. also like I'm, I'm huge on sci-fi and uh, i think everybody if they ever get a chance should go back and read as much hg wells as possible he's got five five of his works that i think are super important and then like well that's in the first half of his career and then everything on the second half of the career is it's not just predictive program programming on the second half of his career, which it was very much like it was very obviously the Fabian society working through him, him working with the Fabian society and trying to mold the future. I mean, this guy wrote the open conspiracy, you know what I mean? It's just an essay telling everybody how we're going to do this and uh, how we're going to, we're going to take over and we're going to tell everybody that we're doing it, all that stuff. But like um, he uh, like, totally jump-started an entirely new genre. And um, if ever, if nobody's read it, you need to read The Shape of Things to Come. And it, they used it. That became a, a movie in the, the late 30s or something like that, where it basically predicts World War II. You know what I mean? Like the whole fucking shebang. And you really need to keep your eye on sci-fi writers because I think, in my opinion, they fall into one of two categories. They're like the predictive programming types where they may be working with organizations and all that stuff and just straight profits. Like Philip K. Dick, I know everybody here is probably like, this guy's always fucking talking about Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick is a fucking prophet. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like that guy, I have read there's no way you can read all of his books like in one lifetime, but I've, I've read a good portion of them. And you know what I mean? One of his books, like really fucking, it gives me chill sometimes thinking about it. It's, it's one of his last books. If not, his last book is called radio free Abelmuth. And it's basically like, and this is, it's way more, it's way more complicated than I'm about to say, but this is basically what it is, is the God and or aliens, whatever the fuck it is, beams down souls, to this planet every couple of thousand years in order to help save the earth, except that it's a totally futile exercise and everybody that engages in it, all the souls that get sent down to earth are murdered by the empire, whatever that empire is at the time, whatever the, you know, ascended master, all that stuff. And fucking it's the exercise is not to succeed. The exercise is to try. And God says, basically like, if you just try, I will let you go into heaven. Everybody else is fucked up. Interesting. That's yeah. interesting. That's okay. it's home super, too. Well, uh, right. I remember. That. I mean, that's always what you always hear. Just give it your hardest try. I mean, yeah. then you can at least say that. <laughs> Synchronicity. The last time I went to the used bookstore that I like the most, in the free book section, there's a free book section. I got a copy of Philip K. Dick's Radio Free Album. Myth, so I'm gonna have to read nice. that. Thank you for the Thank recommendation, Jay. It's Hell a halfway yeah. decent uh, made-for-TV movie as well. 
he was very no yeah philip uh philip was very um disappointed by radio free ablemouth as well as the first screenplay for do androids dream of electric sheep which became blade runner Runner. it was yeah he was very um disappointed in it and um it turned it into an action movie Basically. Yeah, it was it was a totally well the it was like a totally cheesy like fifties type of sci fi movie and he actually like found the writer and it was actually like synchronicity type he met him in by chance in a fucking airport and he's like hey aren't you the guy doing my fucking screenplay and he was like yeah you're fucking Philip K Dick and he was like hey that screenplay sucked and then they sat down for a couple of days and hashed it out and then he only before his death he only got to see you know the first like uh, kind of test pilot whatever the fuck it was and he was like okay i get it cool cool bring it back to terminator and psychedelics from my personal experience i think you know both both will happen like there'll be a reality where everyone will stand up and they won't let ai get to a certain point and then i think it'll get to full-on terminator level it's you know there's infinite reality is infinite there's no there's no limit there's the word infinity, infinity. You can't put a limit to infinity. There's infinities inside of infinities. And I think all of reality is happening right now. There's only the now. So there you go. Dude, you get was, both. You get, any, you get all yeah, of it. This Terminator sentiment, I'm loving because I am definitely personally raising another level of John Connors in my house right now. It's all robots all the time. He loves it. He loves machines. But as long as he's destroying bad robots, that's the name of the game usually. So we're on the right track. I mean, you this see is our whatever, purpose. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, you see what they do in the for the sake of profits. I mean, we know that nobody gives a shit about us that's making any money on us or selling you anything. It's just the way that it works. And we all know this. So it's an echo chamber. But what I mean by this is, is that, of course, they would build fucking robots that would be self-aware for the sake of profits or usability or something like that. That would eventually, of course, take over. They're dumb fucks. And so, of course, they would do that. That just makes the most sense in the world. And that's how it'll happen. Well, it's weird because they're dumb, but they're they're super smart at the same time. So they're, it's like the the genius to, to build these things, but the fucking retardation to, for the purpose they're built for or something. Masters of the yeah, material yeah, yeah. world. Yes. You know, oh, shit. Okay, I was going to tell you guys this. So I had Andre on. Uh, it's not out yet. But anyway, so I, I heard the best thing about this 3D, uh, 4D, and 5D thing. And I'll break it down real, real, real quick because this makes so much sense when you start to ask questions like, why don't they see it? Like, why doesn't this person see what's going on here, right? Okay, so here's how you break it down. So uh, in the 3D, or the third dimension, okay, that's where all the sheeple live, and that's where also all the systems that operate that control the sheeple and attempt to control everyone exist, okay? So from that level, we'll use the example of uh, geoengineering because this was the example I heard it used in. So you see chemtrails, and you don't think of them as chemtrails because they're not. They're just clouds. Your system tells you that they're not. They're just contrails, and that's all that they are. So you can't see them from that perspective in that in that world, which all exists here. Then you get to the fourth-dimensional viewpoint, which is where you wake up to the fact that they are fucking spraying something in the skies. They've been doing all this geoengineering and weather modification programs for decades on our people because that's the whole thing, right? You can't do this stuff on foreign countries, but you can do it on your own soil. 
to your own people. So uh, when you wake up to that fact, that's where you get to like, wake up, I got to send you all these videos and wake everybody up and you get pissed and you start asking all these questions. And that's that scary woken part, that fourth dimension, right? It's thick, but it's full of truth. And so then you ascend to the fifth dimension where you, which is again, just perspectives. And then you look at it and you see opportunities. You say, okay, well, how do I participate in this or not? What do I need to do as an activist? Where do I need to, you know, put my focus on this? But the biggest thing about fifth dimensional reality and understanding is, is that you don't get bent out of shape. You don't get like physically negatively affected by things because you can understand that you don't have to choose to participate in them to affect you. So it's a form of transmutation and shit like that. Anyway, I thought this was interesting because whenever you, most people that we interact with are 40 and 5D hangers. And so we are nowhere near the 3D, but all of our family, friends, you know, we're amongst numbers that way outnumber us and everywhere that we are. And that's on purpose. You know, that's how this works is one of the ideas. So when you look at it like that, they can't see this shit. So it's, that's why arguing with someone, you know, about this shit because they physically can't fucking see it. They just can't. And that, that was like the best perspective that uh, really brought it home for me. I was just like, that's a great way to visualize it. There's just a different reality. Like they just, it's, it's out of their spectrum. You know, there's blinders in the 3d. They can't see it that way. They're in the cave. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like to always compare what the uh, controllers do to magicians because it really does seem like it's sleight of hand. It's yes. right, right under your nose. It's right away from your peripheral. And that's how a lot of things are. And Truth that's is kind of why, sight. yeah, it's just in plain sight. It's, it's too obvious to see. In, in Look at that case. Amazon commercial we watched. Earlier. I know. Well, but, right. But, you know, even even me as a conspiracy theorist, I go, I see that. I'm like, all right. So I just don't buy it entirely. You know what I mean? I think, okay, there's there might be something going on there, but. <laughs> Don't Don't you remember? We were all there at one point. I think we can all be liaisons for these people who are in the third dimension and where we are now. And that's where we have to try to remember to be. Don't just like dwell in whatever dimension you're in. (laughs) Try to think of those people and be like, hey, I can actually be a bridge for those people and I can help you. And you don't have to force it. You don't have to make them come over or be weird about it and be like, the earth might be flat. Who knows? Like, don't don't lead with that. Okay, for sure. I don't think that we actually don't give a shit if the earth is round or flat because it doesn't fucking matter. That's a fifth dimension fucking thing too. But it it just doesn't matter. And you just have to remember where you were, maybe go inside yourself and remember where you were when you first realized that things are a little bit weird and then think, hey, those people might be feeling like that as well. And then try to reach out to them and understand them and get get to their level it, it's not getting down to their level because we're not high and mighty or anything like that i was going to bring that up it's that's just, what we've talked about it's it's a yeah, lateral move I'm high. it's just a if, different yeah it's just thing. a different plane it doesn't matter but like get to their perspective get back there and then try to you know help them in the best way that you can and if they don't want it that's okay too that's totally fine because they're like you know, a sentient being on their own and they can live this life and have their own experience. And that's completely fine. But we have you to try understanding to their perspective and letting them, you know, think the way they want to think might even lead to them opening their mind Dude. more. For sure. 100%. Empathy. Yep. Empathy is what got us here to begin with anyway. Yeah. And that's we'll why we're everyone. doing what we're doing. Yeah. So spread more and more of that. And humility. Yeah. 
Yes. You know, admitting that we were wrong, you know, and misled and not being butthurt about it. Because that's like the biggest thing. That's like one of the most interesting parts about all of this is the ego involved in people getting twisted that they couldn't possibly have gotten fooled their entire life. You know what I mean? And so it's like, but you have the patience to deal with that, you know, because you've been through the perspective. So it's like you've climbed the ladder. You know, I'll, I can also, you can also liken it to climbing up a mountain, okay? You know where all the footholds are because you've already done that. You know, you also know where you kind of slipped back there and, ooh, don't take that left side. That's a real shitty. Go the right one. I wish I would have done that instead. That kind of thing. And so you're helping people along the way because you have the perspective from a physically higher perspective, but not a hierarchical perspective. You've just, you were the first in line. You just went up there first. It's no big deal. It's like the first twin being born. You know what I mean? So it's that whole idea that it's just offering a different perspective, but you have the patience to walk them through it because you've already battled your own fear to make those steps up the mountain where you are now that you're helping people up through. So you have the patience and you can empathize with it because you've been there. You've been in those shoes. Your shoes were shaking down there a minute ago. So that's kind of the way that I see this, but we're all helping everybody. You know, that's what, that's what it is. But I do like back to the uh, thing you were talking about, Jen, I completely agree with you that this is a thing to wake everybody up. And I've, you know, you think about the whole consciousness um, idea and then it splits itself and splits itself and splits itself. And eventually it gets to a point, perhaps we're at that point or at a corner of our, that point uh, in the experience where now it's gathering itself back up for re-immersion. Like it's gone out, it's sent its feelers out. It's like, okay, I've experienced, I've lived all these lives, I've done all this shit, sex is cool. And then it yinks back in. And so maybe one of those things is, is to trigger this type of awakening, it has to do this. And so it gets fucked up and that's what we're all seeing and that's what we're experiencing right now. And this is where I agree with you. That perhaps it's that side of you, that other side that's ready to kind of come back together like venom. You know, it's ready to reemerge like the T-1000 fucking Terminator callback. How you do? <laughs> uh-huh. Are you saying that we're not in the Kali Yuga? Because I really hope we're not in the Kali Yuga, but it seems like it. But maybe we're just at the like at the, the, uh, pre- the precipice of the, the better, pl- whatever it's called. The, the I didn't want to say that, Brandon. That's so weird. Like, I... Uh, I almost didn't want to talk about this, but I do feel like there is some sort of gathering that's coming together where people are slowly waking up. But if we are all part of the same being, which I do definitely believe, like I completely get that we're all part of the same thing. I don't want to wreck your podcast because it's kind of a long thing. I'll make <laughs> it. Doing great. It's called expanding reality. But I think that we are all part of the same thing. And it's nuts that, we are experiencing different things, but we're all connecting and we all can understand each other and we are all coming back together in this weird way. And if we were a young God, like just say it was a God that was bored, super bored and wanted to experience life. And it was like, Hey, this is going to sound dark. Sorry, everyone. I don't know everyone's experiences, but It's like, I want to experience life in any way I can. I don't care if I get stabbed through the head. I don't care if I'm a four-year-old with leukemia. I don't care if I'm the richest guy on earth. It doesn't fucking matter. I want to experience everything. And it sends its feelers out and experiences everything. And people are the things, because we're all sentient beings, but we're kind of all part of the same thing as well. We're like, oh, that's not fair. This bad thing happened to me. It's still better than feeling nothing at all. So if it's feeling nothing at all, feeling, so the polarity, that's what we're feeling and recognizing right now. The polarity, like hot, cold, good, bad, north, south, whatever, black, white, it doesn't matter. It's so much better than nothing. 
If there's nothing and you're so bored with it and so sad about it, feeling anything would be fucking fantastic. So every time you die and go back into it and feel that love and you know that everything's fine, you're like, dude, like take two, let's do it again. I don't give a fuck what happens next. And you go back in again and it doesn't matter what it is. Like you could, you could be an abortion. Like that sounds horrible, but like that could be your life. And then you come right back and you're like, okay, take three. And then you go back again. And it could be you live in a Uyghur camp in China, or you could be fucking Donald Trump, or you could be anything like you could. And it's whatever. I'm just I like China. All of the words out of my mouth. Jen's over here dropping fucking hammers. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So I've experienced source and I got to say it's complete unconditional love in every yes. single way. You can think of like the love you have for your parents, the love you could have for your child, even like sexual, but not in a weird incest way. No, it's weird. I was like, Explain. oh my God, I didn't realize we're all the same but, thing. And then I like have yeah. sex with Joe and I'm like, I'm having sex with myself. <laughs> the go fuck yourself thing. Yeah. But then eventually the love, you know, it's so intense and it's so great. Like Jen said, it gets boring. Yeah. And you get bored of being the all of everything and, you know, having the infinite knowledge and, you know, just, just all of the same greatest thing that you can experience. It gets, it gets boring. Yeah. So AI, so Biden, so the fights and wars and everything that we're talking about. So I'm not trying to like discredit. It's all you. It's all all you. Anyone's done. It's fine. It's great. It's so cool. But like, eh, like it's, just there it's like being the author and the reader of a book at the same time but you but you'd like write it and then you kind of forget what you wrote and then you read it again and you're like oh that was really cool like fun story and all of the bad guys you like you don't really have to hate them you can but like they make the story really cool so you can that was my point I, I meant to bring it back around to that I think all of the horrible things that like people are doing to each other and stuff are pushing us to the point of awakening to, I guess, two will be in a golden age eventually. And then I guess eventually we will elevate to source and get bored and start it all over again. So think about it. We always talk about, oh, sorry. No, we we always, we always talk about how, when you try to manifest, like when you make uh, affirmations and stuff like that, there is no yes or no. There's no negative or positive. Those kind of statements don't really work because they always say spirit doesn't know the difference between negative or positive. It's just what is. And it flows perfectly with that because that's exactly the experience I've had too, Shane. Like it's pure and all of it is just yeah, you, I, me. Well, I don't. That's the part that freaks me out. The whole Truman Show aspect, and Shane and I have talked about that. I know Mark and I have too. Brandon, like, it's this weird phenomenon where there's a bunch of centers with no circumferences anywhere. We're all our own gods, our own universes, but at the same time, we're all part of this upper level. It's a Russian doll, as I like to say. It's the Matroshka Earth, Matroshka Universe. Right that was fucking transcendental Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the more I hear about the Matrushka dolls or whatever, the more it makes me think that's what it is. I mean, yeah. there's an old, I don't know if it's, it's Hindu or whatever, but they talk about the, what what's the world on? Or It's on the back of a tortoise, and that tortoise is on the back of another turtle or an tortoise, elephant. whatever, and elephant it just goes ad infinitum, so ad infinitum, whatever the fucking Latin is. 
at Infinum. Yeah. Yeah. Piss. You know, I got this. I got this uh, recurring yes. dream where I'm being put into. I'm. I'm the spirit being put back in a. Or, or I'm being put into a body. They're choosing a body for me. And this council of like Andromedans or some shit. They're just like, dude, one more time. And I'm like, I'm done. Come on, bro. Yeah. And then yeah. and then they're like, you got to do this for me. It's a very critical period. <laughs> all right. All right. Fine. Where am I going? You're going to Earth. And I'm like. Fuck! When? Yeah. And I said, it's the turn of the 21st century. I'm like, fuck! Fuck those guys and their stupid fucking woke bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah, maybe we're all just pledging a fraternity, you know, and this is the pledge. I think I, was, I think I was dreaming about Radio Free Ablemouth before I read it. Yeah, yeah. You That's awesome. wrote it, you already read it. Oh, there it is. What if you were Philip K. Dick in a past life? I think about that all the time. I do. You, have do. you ever been hypnotically regressed? No, no. I know some people that'll do it for you. Would Would you be down for that? I don't know if you want me hypnotized. Past life regression? Come on. Um, I kind of want to try that because I do not understand the past life regression because to me, eventually I'll live everyone's life. Well, right. This is the point. So there, yeah. there's... Dude, this goes fucking so crazy and so deep. So it, it's so hard to simplify. So... If you think about it, okay, and and something that I also wanted to point out is from our perspective, it's very hard to think about these things. Now, we do a damn good job of it. Everyone here is high vibe, high thinking. You guys are remarkable intellects, and this is Definitely why we can have these kind of conversations, right? <laughs> You're like, I'm one of those Definitely things. high. Well, I, and so whenever you talk about concepts like this, think of it like this. Like, what if you're, you know, you scripted this thing, but you're the Chinese guy 1,500 years ago that would plant the tree that would grow. And then a thousand years later, an apple would grow on that tree that would feed the leader of the rebellion. And you were that leader of rebellion, but you also planted the tree. So it's like these type of interwoven storylines that you can have where you like build a house in a lifetime and then a hundred years later, someone completely different from around the world moves to that area, buys that house, but it's you. And then you recognize things around, you know what I mean? There's like this crazy shit that happens. So it makes sense that it would be kind of recycled like that, you know, because everything else is, and the first or second law of thermodynamics, like energy is not destroyed or created. It's just recycled basically. So why is that not true for our, whatever controls our fucking meat bodies? You know, it, it, it makes sense that it would be recycled over and over and over again in a different version. Yeah, my kink would be that I personally am kind of slowly thinking that this conscious, physical, dense experience is actually the only place where we actually all get to interact with one another, though. And we actually get to come together. Yes, That's why they're creating the metaverse, because the metaverse is going to be the artificial version of what's happening naturally. which is Mimicry. So it's interesting to think about our reflections afterwards, because, again, it always just comes back to only us. Yeah. So it's very weird. And I think I don't know what that means on a greater greater scale or anything. And I have had the presence of what I'm comfortable calling God, but I have recently been calling it more of a culmination of, a, of all of us, perhaps, you know, because if it's all fractal, then even our personalities and everything are just no. loops, you know? So it's interesting it to know that, that these configurations yeah. in this place, in this dense language using mammal having place 
is where we can actually reflect on what's happening, but we don't get to get there and kind of experience that non-experience together. Because I don't think it is an experience. If it is, it's alone. But maybe I'm just dark. <laughs> no, I, I, Andy, I 100% agree with you. Like, I think it is alone. And I think this world is the where it's experiencing all of these things. Like, 100%. We It fractalized itself and was like, dude, this fucking rules. Like, I am all of these different <laughs> things. And I get to do this in a million different ways. And it, some of it might suck. Some of it might be awesome. It doesn't matter. I just get to experience like I was saying earlier, but like you, you're totally right. Like I think that it just wants experience. So this realm is great because we get to just experience each other and it gets to experience stuff. It just experience in general. I don't mean to say that word over and over again, but that's what it wants. It wants experience. It wants we're homers for experience at our highest level. We're just my experienced gangs. Deep psychonauts here. Uh, tell me if this sounds crazy. I had this overwhelming feeling, though, that there once was a grander goal and it was forgotten yeah, over yeah, yeah. and over and over and over again. And almost maybe like it's forgotten, of course, every time we come here. But. Yeah, we can this god might be trapped. This god might be like stuck in a place. Like Like Britney Spears. It might. There is no place. Yeah, but so so where we are, it might be stuck in a place. It might be in a deprivation tank somewhere. Who knows? (laughs) It's like fuck this. This is so boring. (laughs) This is one of my favorite ones uh, because it's the god with amnesia thing, and I think about this quite a bit. Too much actually. So what if all of existence is from your conscious perspective? What you're experiencing right now. This is all that there is as far as time goes, and you're stuck here. But everything you need to figure out how to get out is here. You just live the lifetime over and over and over and over at infinitum if you have to until you figure out how to get out. Because, yes, it is some sort of prison or you bumped your head in another dimension, you know, whatever that means for that creature. And uh, now you're stuck in this loop and you've forgotten. Like you're, you're a god, but you have amnesia. So you've trapped yourself. Yes, dude. There was a found footage movie that came out a few years ago. And I can't remember the name of it. Forgive me. But it was it was all right. Whatever. It was about time travel. But it was all about this guy's first trip back in time, like a day earlier. And he screwed something up with a girl. And forevermore, he kept going back. And things kept getting weirder and worse. And yeah. The timeline kept changing more and more and more until this became like, you know, the movie kind of steps back and this has become his entire existence at infinitum and gave me chills. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's something crazy about the groundhog days there. He was in there for like 36,000 years or something. What was the number for groundhog day? Do y'all remember that? No, that's a very Googleable thing. Bo, do you want to probably 33,000? How many days was uh, Bill Murray in Groundhog Day? Like, how many years was it? There's something, somebody broke it down, because even just playing the piano, if you go by the 10,000 hours to perfect something. It's 10,000 years, it says. 10,000 years? Holy shit. That's crazy, right? So that would be some sort of, like, hell like this, to where it would be. (laughs) But see, see what happened in this model, though. Maybe Groundhog Day is the real thing. Maybe that's really what happens. That's, you know, that programming shit. It's out of there, but you can get out of it if you figure it out. Because it took him 10,000 years to do it. 
but he figured it out and got out. Maybe that's what this whole fucking thing is. And when you die in that tunnel of light, it's just your fucking mom's vagina and you're heading right back through it. And you exist in the same exact thing and you have the exact same start. Yeah, I've heard a couple decision you want along the way and change everything. I don't think it wants us. It doesn't want us to get out, though. It wants to continue experiencing. So if we keep figuring it out, like we were saying earlier, it's going to be like, Boring. Let's make AI and weird robots that attack people. Let's make <laughs> yeah, vaccine mandates. Let's create more polarization because we need to keep Ooh. people focused on the fucking screens. Oh my! It's like this desire Jay. to like recreate some sort of original masterpiece, and okay. it's just degrading over and over again throughout lifetimes or something. But oh my god. Okay, think about this. Jen, exactly to what you just fucking said. Think about this. What if God, the higher self, is the good side, the light, whatever you want to call it, and the dark side is God's ego. And that's the thing that doesn't want to die. But that's what all of us light workers are doing is attempting to kill off the dark, which is the ego, and the ego is the strongest fucking thing to kill off. Damn, I think we just undid it. I think yeah, microcosm <laughs> to the macrocosm, yeah. and we're all going through our own like deep psychological analysis, but yeah. not on an individual level. We're going through it across the world. We're digging up history and everything, you know. Fuck yeah, we've talked about that a lot lately too. The the duality perspective where. when you talked about the ego and it's the hardest thing to kill but it's one of those things that needs to be there too you need both of them you need both sides of it like you can't exist without both of them I say it all the fucking time like there's no darkness without light there's no light without darkness otherwise you wouldn't be able to fucking see anything so they're both trying to conquer each other all the time and not realizing that they both have to exist to exist but you know they can't exist alone so it's this weird conundrum where you're like well i hate both of you but you both have to exist for me to exist so i guess we'll just keep doing this for infinity or whatever andy said ad ad finitum that's what our minds are doing too and that's why meditation exists to like be able to be that line between the yin and the yang as long as you can and to try to bring that mentality more and more into your daily life because it's always just going around and around and around, no matter what, until you just kind of find that little blank spot, you know? It's, it's in between the, the angel and the devil on your shoulder, you know? Somewhere in between there is where it's like, ooh, this is nice, this little sliver of, like, peace. Isn't it weird, though, that we can't really understand piece. as humans? We can't understand nothing. We can't yeah. understand that. We can't, can't understand fathom. the beginning or the end. I can't imagine not existing And then we're creating this, even now, like saying, I do know that we are a part of something bigger, but like what you were saying, Brandon, I didn't even think about the fact that it could be dying as well. And then we would definitely cease to exist if we're all a part of it. Yeah, it's like if mortality exists on our level of reality, it must exist on all. Like, as above, so below. It's not just talking about the material world. It's talking about everything. Everything that we know as concepts that are important in our lives are true on all scales of reality. Well, the more you look at this reality, the more you say it's actually perfect for the experience you have, for the perception that you have, for the ability to sense your reality that you possess. It's perfect. You need 
the ego structures here as they are to be able to grow and grow through them. It is so vitally important. So without things like trauma and a religious trauma, being brought up in a religion and then figuring out it's not cool, going through that fourth dimensional phase of Paul revering and waking everybody up, waking up yourself to a lot of truths. And this is why I think that People gravitate toward the spirituality thing because usually you probably weren't raised there. Like ninety, anybody show of hands was raised in a spiritual family rather than a religious upbringing. Oh, no. no. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> this is the point. It's usually, it's something you discover. And so this is why it means so goddamn much to you because you figured it out. Nobody told you this. Contrary, mm-hmm. they told you a bunch of shit that was wrong and that didn't resonate with you. And that's how you navigate this place. Is that's this is you the way I thought before I was indoctrinated when I was like a four and five year old. Yes, exactly. And so this this is the thing. It brings you back home, you know, but it, it's through a process of discovery. You have to have the bullshit. You have to have the ego structures. You have to go through it because this is the juxtaposition of this realm of duality like Jen's been talking about. 100% agree. So that's just the way that this works. But again, back to the as above, so below completely, Andy, that that thing of like, yes, if it's got a battle itself, but also then you look at it, it has to be here. So the part you're trying to kill off is not part you're trying to kill off it's a that's a 4d perception so get in the 50 and know that it's integrating your shadow this is what shadow work is and back to the lockdowns and being a part of this big grand spiritual conspiracy conspirituality right this is the thing about shadow work this is what the go home and lockdowns and shit were all for it was to get people off fucking drugs and shit to really be with yourself and sit with your with yourself without these distractions and emf frequencies and all this fucking nonsense that's constructed around you to keep you that way now, again, back to what the Matrix, there was a poll that you guys did, and I'll shut up for a second. The thing that Smith says whenever he's with Morpheus is that they tried to make a perfect one, but the people wouldn't accept the program. This is the point of it all. It has to be fucked up. If it's not, like, we won't accept it. We can't exist here. There's nothing to learn here, and that's the whole point of all of it. Maybe. Yeah, it'd be boring as shit. We, we always want a puzzle. We <clears throat> yes. want a fucking puzzle because it's so fucking bored. I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep harping but on we, that, but a puzzle is amazing. It's like, oh, something to solve. We Perfect want a puzzle, boring. but we want a little brother to pick up pieces and kick the thing over as we're constructing it. Yeah. You know I mean? That's fine, too. A little help doesn't hurt. Well, right. Yeah. And it's one of those things. And so you integrate it. That's the point. This is the exact point. That's probably the best fucking metaphor for this. You're building a puzzle. Great job, Jen. And your dark self or your shadow self or the shittier part, the parts that we all, as having gone through it and learned not to learn how to avoid that, just not attract it, the shittier parts, that has to be there. And it's kicking over all your shit. And it's like pouring juice on your shit. It's your little brother. It's this little like annoying thing, but you have to watch it. You have to babysit. It's part of you. It's family. And so to integrate that and instead say, hey, why don't you, I hear you and I know you're upset or, you know, you're acting out or whatever, you're too young and you don't understand. Why don't you just sit here with me and build the puzzle? And that's what shadow work and integration is. This is what's so beneficial about ayahuasca experiences. And this is what integrating your past and shadow are all about is you play with your shadow. Like you incorporate it, you include it instead of exclude it and shun it. That's like the whole point of it. You can also call it the inner child too. There's a lot, there's a whole practice of work that, that kind of focus on it that way. As, as I know, I've said it before on my podcast that as a parent, it's really helped because they put it into a perspective where think of the way you speak to yourself and think about yourself and, and judge yourself the way you would judge your child because the ego that's inside that's built this shell around it and everything is literally 
like a child and it's basing reality off of how its perception was back then. So yeah, the shadow work is to confront these old traumas that the child couldn't handle. So the reaction has stayed from the adult perspective where it's not as big of a deal where you move past it. I'm well, definitely a child. I, I would, I would be, you know, <laughs> I, love you. I would, I would be, you know, kind of stepping in here as the little brother in Brandon's metaphor, not to be confrontational, but a few things I picked up on that I want to maybe challenge or not. Maybe I'm agreeing with you, but I think that, you know, the, the idea that anything is constant you know, other than change, I think it all boils mm -hmm. down to change. And you used a, a word mm -hmm. that struck out to me, mortality, which, you know, I don't want to be total nerd here, but the actual definition of mortality is a condition of being subject to death or the necessity of dying. And it even has uh, associations with words like massacre, slaughter, fatal illness, poverty, and destruction. So I don't know if I want to be de like defined as a mortal after reading this. And I think that, you know, that's kind of the paradigm that they put us in, in the first place. You know, it's, it's sort of artificial. I think that, sure. you know, we're living in a, a reality of infinite possibility. And this is how it manifests for us here from our perspective, we do die, but I wouldn't say that every you just gotta subtract the fear. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just being sensitive, but I feel like this definition has a certain connotation to it. And that's the type of thing they do, you know, with society and the certain words that they use. So we are mortals and they are immortal because they pass their, you know, mind or consciousness on through their bloodline possibly who knows but i felt like i had another point immortal lost would be me. way more of a curse like i can't imagine living for that long besides people dying around you that you've known your whole life like that has to be the biggest curse you could ever have is to live forever well, and i i think this, i think that's planet. kind of what i what i'm really i i'm agreeing with you and i'm kind of objecting to the notion that either of the two are true i think really we're in an ever-changing universe and our consciousness is taking this form in this particular era of existence whatever it may be however you can define it but i think you know maybe Infinite. in ancient times our consciousness was present in a different form and in the future the same can be uh said but what that means is only you know perceivable to those in that time frame you know i don't i don't think there's any other way to explain it besides that but I, I don't think that you know we as conscious energy ever totally cease to be you know whether that means that we're always going to think and and you know have ideas in the english lexicon you know we're kind of thinking with a certain type of mind that's really really finite it's really really you know acute on a on a wide spectrum of variety of possibility you know and that's why i think concepts like aliens and extraterrestrials and cryptids are so fascinating because we as conscious beings recognize that this can't be the only form that consciousness expresses itself through anybody who has an intimate connection with you know animals you know whether it's your pet or you, you raise animals on a farm or whatever it is you recognize there's a spark inside of them as well so 
I think that's kind of central to what I think when I think about the question of mortality. I'm like, well, I don't know if it it really matters because what we're part of is constant. It's ever changing, but it's constant. I don't know. Maybe that's not making any sense. No, that's great, Mark. That's (laughs) fucking beautiful. I think that we are always part of the same thing, right? Like, we're. It doesn't matter. Like, if you die, it. I think that. maybe the the god that we're a part of like in the polarization aspect that wanted experience was like dying is sad because it wanted to experience sadness who knows but like when you die it's not sad right because we all know not for you I, only for everybody else i i okay okay so fun fact i've been afraid of dying my entire life like i so afraid since I was a tiny little kid to the point where my mom sent me to a psychologist when I was three because I was afraid of dying. <laughs> also, the my- most normal human emotion to have being afraid of dying. I was so, so afraid of dying, but it's not that scary, but we shouldn't be afraid of it. But I think it made us afraid of it so that we could at least experience sadness. And it was, it was laid out like, okay, dying is sad for everyone. Like it made it, um, it made it like a medium thing. Like it made it like, okay, everyone experiences this. Maybe it's been learning this entire time. Like, I don't know how old this God is. I don't know what, what its process is. But maybe it's I'm just like st- I'm starting to remember my my other point that I wanted to make. And I agree with what you're saying, Jen. I think it is on a on a maybe even a universal, possibly a global or, you know, world scale. We are all one collective consciousness and that is a God operating in, in a in a type of way that we can't reconcile because we're just, you know, operating within one body seemingly. But this body, you know, we talk about trauma. I think that is the crux of what's happened to us as human beings and why psychedelics are so sought after. I don't know if that's the right term, but we've been traumatized by whoever the elite class is for good intentions or bad intentions. You know, when it was kings ruling over kingdoms, maybe they had good intentions, but somewhere along the way that got spoiled and you know operations like the banking cabals and all these groups have slowly made their way into our lives in a way that has traumatized us and disconnected us from source generation after generation after generation to the point where now the only people who can really wake up out of that are people who are bold or brave or on the fringe and go out of their way to try something that society generally says you'll become disenfranchised if you try, you know, always warns you not to do. You know, we, most of us in the U.S. went through the D.A.R.E. program, at least in my age group, right, where you're like, yeah, I'll never do drugs, Officer Smiley, and then... You know, a couple of grades later, you're like hanging out with the ki- the bad kids who are BMXing around, and they're like, "Yeah, we're smoking pot." Like, dude, I'm the best drunk driver <laughs> around. Exactly. I'm really skilled at drunk driving. We we, we all we all Reed kills their brain cells. We all we all see <laughs> the all ubiquitousness of that now. I think they've kind of hit the throttle on it so far because they knew they couldn't keep it in the bag any longer with the information 
accelerating to the degree or the frequency where it's, you know, telegram wires everywhere, books everywhere. People are, are reading, they're getting informed. We can't have drugs as available as they once were, but people remembered that. And despite the weaponization of drugs, people are using certain drugs, psychedelics in particular, to wake up from that trauma that I think has disconnected us from what we naturally were, you know, and that is something that can never be controlled, right? And that's kind of what we're all trying to figure out here, especially with the the lead of the conversation, right? How do we avoid this transhumanist control grid that they're building around us while we remember our roots? Because that's how they even set up this artificial reality in the first place you know they they disconnected us from all of the natural means of production and recreated those things artificially they took things that we naturally would have gotten from our community and outsourced them mass produced them to the level where now most of our communities don't have the ability to be self-sufficient maybe i'm only speaking for myself but i know most of us are living in a place where if there was a power outage or if there was a you know mass transit blockage of some sort we would be screwed you know so i think that's kind of the big ploy that's been pushed on us over the past hundred years is how do we disconnect people from the earth right and recreate artificialize these means of natural production, the way nature operates, they've gone and literally just mimicked it, but done it in a way where it, instead of giving back, it takes, 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 and pollutes in return. So I don't know. I don't want to go on a soapbox rant here, but go ahead, Andre. I want to expand on what you said, too, because Andy, it was like the, the, the trauma that you're talking about is, and, and we've been off in spirit land for a lot of the conversations, but to bring it back down to earth, when we talk about these traumatizers, usually they're the ones that were also traumatized, right? And we can kind of look back at our history and wonder about events that affected us worldwide, you know, cataclysms of sorts that causes generational trauma. And the ones that come out of the wash of the situation like that on top are going to be like these brutal leaders handing down exactly what Mark's talking about. It's like every one of us needs to heal, including them, but they're maybe they're too far gone or I don't know. That's just an idea to throw in on the physical side of it. We're all traumatized also by something that possibly naturally happened or however the old cataclysms we always like to get into did occur these things really did traumatize us across the world and handed down a bunch of crazy narcissists that would repress everything and rule the world and violence and hatred and self-loathing yeah not agree more Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And to something that you said, it was an interesting point too, because God's immortal. So perhaps God, in lieu of its wanting experience of self, also programmed in 
death as a way to experience something that it can't. This is another fascination of uh, one thing. One thing I think about whenever I think about the abduction phenomena, bringing it to UFOs real quick, is the obsession with genitals that they have and reproduction cycles and all that kind of stuff, and the talk of hybridization programs and things like that. And one of the one of the comments could be is that because they can't themselves reproduce, and there's a lot of energy, you know, that's a portal, you know, to this universe for spirits, and so there's this obsession with that, just like a god would have obsession with death, and so it programs it in because that's the only way it can experience it, just like anything else here. So of course it would be part of the process. You know, it's interesting, but it experiences really, it in fucking myriad of different ways a billion times over all of these lifetimes. They're really obsessed with cows' butts too, oh, and yeah. like coring yeah. them out like an apple and exsanguinating no them. And that's no another blood. weird kink. It might be an Andy kink. I'm not sure. No blood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I tell you what, man, I mean, we've been doing this for well over an hour and a half now. I'm enjoying the fuck out of this. So I, I say we just do these every now and then for goddamn sure. And I'm grateful for all of you. I kind of wanted to wrap it up here because I got to take a piss. I'm ready to smoke. So <laughs> do, let's do uh, just run around and uh, just talk about what you're hopeful for. Just give me something that you're hopeful for moving into the future with optimism and excitement rather than anxiety and fear. What do you got? Bo, lead us off, man. Just, being able to create, meet new people, have fun, take on new ideas, and be able to create. What's not to look forward to, right? Fucking beautiful, goddammit. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, go ahead. Andre, what you got, dude? I was just going to say, I think, you know, we're all on our own path, and I think we're all doing good work in our own way. And I think that's the best thing you can do is just uh, continue to better yourself and be an example for others. And whether it be in your community, online, on your podcast, you know, we just got to do the best we can. And I know I'm a better person than I was a year ago. And that always makes me feel better about myself. And, you know, <laughs> makes me look at that reflection and be like, okay, like I can face you and acknowledge you as, you know, you're doing great and keep it up. And to anyone out there listening, same goes to you. I think, you know, anything's possible as long as, you know, we keep putting one foot in front of the other and staying positive and, you know, but also being realistic. And I think this was a great discussion. I wish I could have piped in more. I was letting you guys go. This is great though. I'd love to keep doing these. Oh, we're going to do a ton of them, dude. This is only okay. the beginning. This is the first one. This is the test platform and I could not imagine. And this would be the shittiest one, which is great because it's fucking unbelievable. It's one of the yeah. coolest gathering of souls and one of the greatest conversations I've ever been a part of. And so I would I, say, again, can't thank you enough. I would say this is a continuation of what we started with Alt Media United, humbly so, because you guys are all equally a part of it. And all of you, Bo, I guess you don't have a podcast of your own yet. But when you do, if that day comes, please get in touch. But yeah, I think that is uh, really inspiring for me to see, you know, something that I kind of put together really with the hopes of, you know, helping other people understand how to do this thing. Because I got an opportunity from, you know, Sam Tripoli, a really big podcaster to do this in a really cool way. And the whole time I've been doing it, I've been just learning every step of the way. So if anything I do rubs off on you guys or there's anything I can help you guys do, that's, you know, all all I can do really because it's, you know, in the spirit of, of how I got into this in the first place through Sam. I think that's, you know, 
He's a big role model for me. I can't talk about him enough. And in light of that, I'll do a little shameless promoting. I've been doing some on the ground sleuthing lately, and I'm just going to keep doing that. It's getting warmer where I live, and there's a lot of interesting things going on in Connecticut. I'll just say that. So I'm looking into some mysteries. I'm looking into some conspiracies, maybe even some true crime conspiracies. Who knows? But just stay on the lookout. It's going to be on Rockfin. Damn. And your shirts, dude. Your shirts are badass. Thank you. And Andre, you're fucking. I got to grab one. (laughs) All right. I got to grab one, Mark. Thank you. Badass, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, What are you hopeful for, dude? You know, again, to continue on what Mark said, I'm really hopeful to see what becomes of this group that Mark had originally kind of garnered together and what we've. We've taken it to so many levels already. I mean, so many of us love having these big roundtables, these big think tanks. And I know a lot of us have talked about getting together and we, some of us have gotten together, but you know, I can't wait to see what kind of power we can put together in, in a positive way when we really, you know, this is uh, only the first year under my belt that I've been doing this now. And I think a lot of us are in the same couple years realm of this who the hell knows what's going to happen? I mean, this is so exciting when we can really get some force behind us and, and come together and, and just create new ideas for this community and beyond. And like I said, more creators, less bystanders, you know, more people participating. That's what I'm hopeful for. And I really thank you for this opportunity to be here with everybody. And this is awesome. I can't wait to do this more often. This is great. Fuck Yeah beautiful i love it and so grateful you're here shane dude what about you man what are you hopeful for dude i'm gonna piggyback off of Bo and andy so people didn't do what you want to do like yeah you got to do what you got to do to make the money but also do what you want to do make yourself happy like I, I, that's 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 what i'm hopeful for like this us us podcasting, I think, is helping people to do that. And shout out to Shane, because I don't know if people realize, but he produced and created a badass intro song for my f- podcast. He yes. remixed the rap song in a hardcore way. And and that was like when I first met him and he's like, hey, dude, I'm going to start a podcast. And since then, he's been rocking and rolling. So definitely he's kind of a two-tiered podcaster. He's got... Or two, you know, he's got two guns in his belt. He's got the music on one side and he's got the podcasting going. So if you're not listening to Shane's podcast yet, check it out. Yeah, Thanks, and I'm going to be, I'm snagging his talents for a, a secret project we're working on. And that will, it's down the road, but oh, you'll hear Shane's talent and genius behind his, his music, man. Dude, badass. Yeah. Hell Thank yeah. you guys. I can't wait. Great job. Great job. Anybody needs any music productions, so hit <laughs> me up. Holla. Uh, Joe, Jim, what do you guys think? What are you excited about? What are you hopeful? Uh, for? I'm excited about and hopeful about learning, like just, just doing this. We've talked to so many people. I didn't think we'd ever get to talk to and better minds than ours. And we've learned so much. We're starting a, basically a, a suburban farm in our backyard, five chickens. We're growing shit this year. Like that probably would have never happened if we hadn't got into this whole thing. So I'm just excited to see what maybe, but Excited to see what would happen the next uh, year and all the people will meet and learn new shit and new tips and tricks. Babe, what do you got? 
Oh, I was just going to say, I'm so grateful to meet everybody. Sorry for dumping my weird shit on everyone. <laughs> no weird shit. This is perfect. That's what I'm all absolutely about. absolutely perfect. There was no weird you shit. Carried, you carried the conversation while I was getting really high, Jen, so I appreciate it. <laughs> it was perfect. Oh, Nothing to apologize. Book. <laughs> Nothing all right, to apologize. Well, I'm just being humble because I... I did have a weird moment recently, probably about a month ago, where I would just realize that we're all part of the same thing and nothing matters and everything matters at the same time. So we all just have to love each other, be grateful for each other, be grateful for every single experience that you have. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. See it in a loving way. It might be hard. It might be challenging, but just love it and appreciate it and just be grateful and move forward with positivity. That's my message. Beautiful. I'm so grateful for all y'all. And uh, Joe, you guys need any help with the chickens? Let me know. We've been raising them for six years. I can fast track you through a lot of crap. Yeah, I watch your TikToks. They're pretty bomb. There's a lot of crap. <laughs> they're, yeah, a lot. they're the filthiest animals, but God, they're so cool. And you know about the <laughs> eggs and how you can just leave them on the counter. Don't wash them off, all that good stuff. You know about all that? Yeah. Well, we okay. give them away to people, so we wash them and then give them to people because we just accumulate some. We get five a day. It's so many. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, congratulate. Then you don't need any help. I'm just offering it if you need it. So there you go. No, it, it's been a year of learning how to take care of chickens, and it's full of surprises. But they're they're interesting little creatures. <laughs> they're fun, <laughs> and get some of those silkies like we have. They're little. They're called like the lap cats of chickens because they're they have down all over them. You know, they're called fluffy yeah. or silkies. Yeah, and uh, so they can't achieve flight. So you can just let them fucking run around. They're great. They're dumb as hell. Dumb as hell, but they're beautiful. Very sweet. Consistently. Jamie. Yeah, there you go. That's your chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, well, I can't thank you guys enough, man. This has been fucking unbelievable. Thank you all so much. Thank you, everybody, for watching and listening. And we will see you again soon, for sure. Thanks, guys.